0: And welcome to the Mindful Being podcast, where we start conversations to bring more mindfulness into our lives, culture, and politics. I'm Jamie Woj, and today I'm here with Joshua Schubart. Josh is an actor, writer, producer, and voiceover artist. Uh, we've only known each other for a couple months. That's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're we, A few months ago, we began working on creating a collective for actors and, and artists to kind of just come together and share their tools and be support for one another um, and kind of a, a f- accountability groups, all, the, all these things to kind of, I think as actors, a lot of times it's, it's interesting because our craft requires other people, but the business side of it, we often feel so alone and like. Yeah,
1: it can feel very, very lonely. Yeah. Very lonely. <laughs>
0: yeah. And I think it's nice, yeah. I think what both drew us to kind of the idea was creating that group to have that support and kind of feel like you can root for other actors and that it's not just about competition. Um, all well, that that
1: was, so I've been trying to like be a part of a, group like this for a very long time um just that's exactly what you were kind of just speaking about is like I just want to be able to have positive conversations about what I'm doing what 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 you are up to what what you're auditioning for and all that stuff without it turning into crazy bullshit Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah
0: I mean it's really yeah just kind of creating a, it's so interesting because in the entertainment industry, specifically on the adverse side of things, there's, I feel like there's this big push to kind of incorporate meditation practices and all these different mindfulness practices, um, which I think is great. But I think it's, it, it currently, a lot of times has the same problem that mindfulness as a whole has in the West where, it's being monetized, and it seems like the focus is on it being monetized, sure. not truly on a fully holistic approach to things. Because a lot, so many times, I, I've experienced these things, and it's great in the session, right? You're in the in this mindful place, and you're kind of exploring. And then as soon as the the session's over, things automatically stop being mindful because. There's the competitiveness, and there's this kind of everyone for themselves. And it's, it's there, there, I don't feel like there's truly a lot of spaces. There's growing, and people are really focusing on it now that help people bring the experiences from meditation, from just mindfulness practices, and actually bring it into their daily lives, um, as opposed to just being like five minutes out of their day or whatever they're doing the mindfulness practice for.
1: Well, yeah, and that's really important, I think, just just because like, for so long, and even now, and even with what you and I are trying to make with, with this c- c- co-op group, is that um, an actor or like an artist's power is so rooted in community and how it's often taken away from us is by people breaking down our community places so that we are in constant competition with each other and we can't like be proud of each other and we can't root for each other and it just becomes this toxic space where it's harder to make really wonderful organic art once you monetize your art which is a necessity because you want to use your art to live and eat and pay your rent it becomes this whole other thing which is what you were just saying like it becomes this whole like mindfuck basically like how do i make this thing that i love and that's magically beautiful but also how do i charge for it how do i make you pay me for it and then um, like if I've got things that, that work, why wouldn't I keep that to myself? Like why wouldn't it be my like special secret that like only works for me? Um, but if we don't all come together and we all don't like grow together, then it just hurts the whole community.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because whenever I talk about this with other artists or actors, It becomes more and more clear how it's really not unique to us it's really kind of a reflection or a a micro part of the issues we have culturally because that's so true on every level for everybody i mean i think it's just in the the way our capitalist society has been formed so much of it is about uh money and and having things and kind of getting more and more power or influence or whatever that means. And it's like, if you're in corporate America, if you're an artist, wherever you are, I, I hear that all the time of people being like, well, I feel like I have to keep things to myself because if someone else is thriving, that means I'm being hurt. Sure. And it's kind of this, it's kind of, I mean, I think as a society, we have to make, we're at the point where we're making a choice on do we really believe in this? Only one person can win and it has to be me, which means that I have to stop other people from winning or is there a way for us actually to come together and all win and thrive together? Um, And and I think we're, I'm I'm hoping, and I think in the things I see, at least in the the communities I'm a, a part of, I see a real push to create those kind of spaces um, but it's it's a challenge when you're in a society that is really shaped uh, I don't want to say against that but but counter to it. Well yeah
1: and I my personal view on on our art form is that it's a clear path to positive mental health for almost everybody in the world um, w- whether it's us as as the it's just a way to for me it's a way to help other people through my art like that is the easiest way for me to be a positive artist is to truly just always give most of what I'm doing to other people just to heal them with, with that I don't want that to sound pretentious or whatever but like that's Kind of what the history of our art form is, it's like you know the Greek catharsis, you know having people experience things that they normally wouldn't through us being able to live it and be in it with them there's there's no pure thing to me at least as a actor, you know
0: yeah, yeah, I'd agree, yeah uh, to me. I think all our, right, is about kind of exploring the human condition and and our emotional states and how we interact with one another. But I think particularly as an actor, it, it there's a focus, even there's a focus on the catharsis, but also kind of on the, the at least for me, the the empathy part of it yeah. and truly learning about and trying to experience the best of our abilities in a a fake kind of safe environment, Uh, having empathetic experiences where we understand people who aren't us and find the kind of common ground um, between us. And I think it's what really has led me to different kinds of mindfulness practices and just meditation and these things in general, because I think it just, those practices not only just benefit me in my life but they really fuel my my art
1: sure so i mean acting you know, has played a huge part in my life in just um changing basically i mean i i know like every actor's like acting changed my life or like acting paved my life but a very literally did like I was um, homeless and on every type of drug that uh, you could imagine other than like heroin crack crystal meth uh, when I was like 11 or 12 years old and I got into and I got into the foster care system with like a debilitating stutter like it happens now in my everyday life or like it'll happen while we're speaking now but it was to the point where I couldn't say two to three words in a row without it not being able to do it and when I got into foster care I was put into Catholic school which was um, like <laughs> two fucking extremes right um, but for whatever reason I was pulled to the auditions for the school play in 10th grade. Uh, don't don't know why, couldn't speak Catholic school. It was Josephine, amazing Technicolor dream coat. And I walked on stage and I could speak in complete sentences for the first time ever. And I knew at that moment, like it like really codified for me, like it sank deep into my person that I needed to do this this was my calling and that day I quit every drug and just worked towards being where I am today and just being an actor so it quite literally saved my fucking life because otherwise I'd probably be like oh like overdosed in a fucking hole somewhere uh yeah
0: I'm I'm curious about the the stutter and if there if you know what it is about acting is it just having the lines in advance or what what kind of allowed you to to speak um, yeah
1: so i i actually know now so i this is through lots and lots of therapy but my stutter is trauma based from everything that i've been through in my life um, I'm afraid to speak, which I know seems insane because I'm an, because I'm an actor. But being able to be someone else or be a more confident version of myself, or you know, just doing the work puts me in a different place in my mind and my mouth and just everything where you know, I'm not like I'm me, but I'm not me, right? There's there's that whole sp- split thing as actors, and also it gives me a um, a purpose, I guess is the is the only way that I can say it. So I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for you. So I need to be at my best for you, and that's and that's honestly how it how it goes, and it's helped me in my everyday life to be able to speak to, which has been beautiful. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: well, that's so, I actually just thought of, right before I asked that question, because um, I mean, I obviously noticed that in your auditions that I see and whenever anything scripted, there's no stutter, um, yep. but we did the dramatic improv, uh, in a session which was the first time I've ever done improv with you and I was just realizing now like oh yeah there was no stutter I don't I didn't at least pick up on one in in the scene the whole entire time um so yeah, that's, that really
1: didn't happen, yeah. yeah
0: it's fascinating that it's that I, I think with I think it's interesting because with our president right now Joe Biden um who had a stutter and there was a lot of focus on um I wish I could remember his name, uh, the young man that uh, spoke at the DNC and at, at the inauguration who had a stutter that met Joe Biden and kind of worked through it. Um, right. I, I, I was just seeing a lot of, during the election, a lot of articles ab- about Joe Biden's stutter um, and just stuttering in general. And I didn't see, I've never heard of it being uh, trauma-based before. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's just fascinating kind of what, I mean, our bodies and our minds do when we are put through traumatic experiences and things that, I mean, we have no control over whatsoever to a point.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, And and I know what all of my traumas are. I've been through tons of therapy and I'm at peace with them. And I use them to like help help others that have had the ones that I've gone gone through too. But trauma is a real piece of shit, and like will just come out and fuck with you when you least expect it. Um, it'll come out when you're talking about it. Like I'm probably gonna end up. It'll happen to my mouth now more because I'm talking about it. But like, um, it's just a thing that people have to understand that with trauma especially trauma with abuse or sexual assault or like anything like like that like you 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 can work on it and you you can be at peace with it but your mind still blows up in a bomb whenever that topic comes up and it's not that you haven't worked on it it's just always there it's a part of your mind that has been working on compartmentalizing it so that you don't go fucking insane and that's honestly what it is because if you just let it keep exploding in your head you would be like the fucking joker basically
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm curious uh just with with therapy what your feelings are what what things in therapy kind of worked for you what didn't because uh i often talk about on this podcast and pretty much anytime I talk about mindfulness, for me, the definition of mindfulness is very much rooted in awareness and personal awareness that then branches out to awareness beyond ourselves. Um, And that anything we really do can be a mindfulness practice as long as we're doing it mindfully. Um, But one of the things that I think is still kind of there's... I don't know if there's a, a big stigma around it, or if people just—I mean, there obviously is because there's a lot of resistance to it—is to using therapy as a form of mindfulness practice. In the way I've defined it, is using it to really learn about yourself and kind of explore things that a lot of times are painful. Sure. Um, it's a big thing with mindfulness—I tell a lot of people with meditation—is there's this idea that it's very calming and just this peaceful, serene thing where your mind stops. And in reality, it can be very painful um, because it brings up it can bring up a lot of trauma and a lot of a lot of things that because certain people haven't been mindful in a certain way, haven't really self-reflected in a certain way, aren't expecting, to discover the things they discover. Um, so yeah, I think just going back to, to that question of just, I guess your personal view after having gone through therapy um, for so long, and um, sure, what worked yeah. for you and what didn't. So I've
1: done like a bunch of things, like a, like a few on purpose and others largely by accident. But so I've been through multiple types of therapy. Um, and I've also been to a psychiatrist who just wanted to medicate me in the beginning. And I told him, uh, no, it was like part of the, like I when I was began to go, like trying to understand what was happening to me, um, I went to uh, one of them first because like that's what you're told you should do. You need to go see a psychiatrist. And um, they wanted to put me on four, four, pill cocktail for what, what I was going on. And I and I kept asking them like, well, what's that gonna do for me emotionally as a per blah, blah, blah. And it all came down down to like, it'll mute you. It'll mute the way that you feel and it'll make you kind of even. And I said, uh, I can't do that. I need to have ac- access to all of me so I can, you know, be an actor. And this was when I was what, like 13, 14 years old, like way, before I knew even what being being an actor fucking was. But, um, so then I tried like classical talk, talk therapy, Freudian stuff, things based off of that. Um, and that was fine, but I just was, I just found myself talking in circles and circles and circles and circles about the same shit over and over and over again. And while that may work for some people, it didn't work for me. And at the time, I guess when, I don't know how old old you are, Jamie, I'm 35 now, but in my teens, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy was kind of like this new hip type of therapy thing that um, it's, it's not trying to like cure you of your problems. It's like, un, it's like you have these problems and you probably will forever and there's nothing you can do about that, but, but keep working on them, so let's teach you a bunch of skills on how to cope with them, how to mitigate them, and how to make you feel like you are normal most of the time, so, like, I've got panic, anxiety, rage, depression, I'm suicidal, which is a thing that, like, And that's a mis... So so, so like when you hear the words suicidal, people think like, oh, you're like always about to commit suicide and that's not what it is at all. It's um, you have that tendency and it's a thing that is kind of always like hanging around in your brain. Um, But as long as you're kind of talking about it and you're speaking about it as it's like part of your person, most folks that are speaking about it are not about to go do it. It's the people that like, aren't talking, talking about it are the people that you need to like check in with like, Hey, I, I understand that you have this part of your mind. You're, you like haven't been speaking about it. Li-. Anyway. So, so, so you understand that, but like, where's it going? All right. So, so um, cognitive B behavioral therapy taught me how to, essentially be a human being again in the modern like this is what it is to be a part of humanity in a way so it's almost like um take it till you make it in a way and then having an art form avenue to express myself through like was like an added thing to that so i was able to be this quote unquote normal person who was also kind of weird all the time because i'm kind of weird all the time and that's fine um but also take all my uh all those parts of me that are kind of weird and strange and really really dark and pump them through a thing that will help other people that are also have those types of problems yeah lot of talking sorry
0: (laughs) no it's it's interesting because it's it's very much what i often talk about with mindfulness and that um yeah i think there's a there's a a lot of people think like oh i'm going to be enlightened or there's these i'm going to fix myself or i'm going to change myself and really I mean, it's true for it's true for everything in life. It's it's a it's a journey, and change is happening every moment of the journey. But it's not really about you know getting from here and then taking this leap to this destination that's somewhere in our um, imagination that we think is going to exist in the future. It's right. about constantly just doing the work. I mean. I, I mean, meditating, it's all like faking it till you make it really, you're just right. going through it, doing the best you can. And then you keep repeating it. And it's different each time, but it's never quite what you want it to be. And you just keep going. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious, because you recently began uh, meditation practice. Uh, if you could just talk about what made you want to start how it's been going yeah absolutely so I
1: fucking love it um and I'm really pleased that it came up in our group that we do so for th- those of you that don't know about like what we kind of do is we do like a mastermind, uh accountability kind of thing and at the end of the week we all speak about like what we'd like to be held countable uh, for and one of the things that I wanted to do was I wanted to meditate and I've wanted to for years but when it comes to me I would rather do for others than do for myself so I've never taken the time to actually take take it out of my day to do the meditation and it was really helpful I think Jamie you actually were the one that challenged me to do this. And I'm really grateful to you for it because it has become a thing in a way that has added to my other things that have been in my life. But it is totally different because, so right now I'm using Headspace uh, to do that. And I'm doing a lot of their guided meditation practices. And what I love about it is that it is the most non-judgmental shit I have ever done. Literally, they just say, like, whatever's happening to you, whatever's in your head, whatever you're feeling is fine. Don't worry about it. Don't fucking fight it. Whatever you believe meditation is, it's not. Just, like, be aware of what's happening to you. And whatever it is, that's okay. We are going to work towards these things not happening to you as much but I love that it's that it's never ever like these things will never happen to you again like they don't bullshit you like it's like you are in a constant state of practice which as me as a person I fucking love that shit I love the constant working on yourself whether it be through acting writing producing combat sword fighting anything of any of those things that i do just getting better and better and better and better and never fucking working on it that's i love that shit i love it
0: yeah it's very much uh there's a in in zen buddhism um and in japanese culture there's uh a saying of beginner's mind of trying to always be in that state of kind of wonder, um, and curiosity and eagerness that a beginner has that often some, once you master something, you kind of lose because the ego gets involved and all, all these things. And I love, I think that's, it's true for anyone I've ever talked to about meditation is that you just never feel like a master at it you always feel like it's part of a journey. It's always a struggle. Of course, certain days it feels easier than others and you might have a breakthrough, but it, you always kind of, I think it's just the, the mentality of it and just the practice of it. It very much puts you in that place of, you're just here, you're now in the now and you're at where you're at and you go on for the journey and you try to whatever, type of meditation you're doing if there's a focus if there's not a focus you're just doing what you're doing doing it to the best of your ability and then let it go see how it does stuff and then try again um later and see what happens Um, but it's kind of the 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 pushing out of the the ego that i think when people really get to that point they see like wow this is really powerful stuff Um, and I think the problem for a lot of people is they just don't put in the work or give it enough time to get to experience it without a moment of ego Um, and then it gets harder for them to the more locked in you are obviously the harder it is to let go Um, and then the more resistance kind of people have to to mindfulness practice. So was your, I guess, I don't wanna say resistance, but um, but I guess you you said you wanted to have the practice for a while. Was there anything beyond just feeling like you didn't have time that was stopping you from doing it?
1: Yeah, I didn't feel like I deserved it, really. I, I wasn't allowed to give myself that time that you know that like actually it's not even a lot of time it's like 10 20 minutes now that I'm big because I meditate in the morning um it's such a small amount of time um in your day and a lot of it is um me wanting to just always be going and always working and always trying to like build my career whether I'm you know doing a new audiobook or I'm doing a new role or I'm practicing health tapes now because that's all that we're doing because of the pandemic right like it felt like because it was just for me and there was no potential we're going to go back to it monetary gain from my work in the future Mm -hmm. then what's the point of doing it when in reality this type of work is the most important work that you can do for your future, monetarily or not. And it will translate into better work. Better work, better workouts, better relationships, better fucking everything. And that's what I've found. And I haven't even been doing it for that long. And I've Mm. noticed a, a noticeable shift in just how how I approach exercising, writing, acting, our co-op, literally fucking everything. Um, so, am I cursing too much for this show? You're fine. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> every it's so funny because every single guest asks me that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I remember when I first really got into meditation and I. I mean, I went balls to the wall. I I joined a Rinzai Zen um, Buddhist temple, which was based on like the samurai Zen practices. It was very intense, very long periods of sitting. Um, And I remember the hardest part for me was every time I was sitting, so much of my time I was spending thinking, I could be doing this, or I could be doing that with this time and just thinking about all the things I wasn't doing that I could be doing while I was just sitting and meditating. Um, And what I loved about that practice is a lot of the focus was on counting your breaths and on certain kind of breathing practices or um, koans, which are kind of riddles that kind of allow you to focus on something that's not very tangible. Um, And that really helped me realize that a lot of the extra thoughts I was having was because I wasn't being present and being able to ground myself with something, whether it's counting breath or just focusing on breath or having a mantra or whatever people do, um, I think it helps kind of pinpoint... Us into the, the reality of the the present, and makes it easier to bring it into uh, the other things that you you do with with your life because I I used to do that a lot in everything. I mean, I would be in a martial arts class or be in school or you know out with my family or my friends and kind of getting distracted and thinking like, oh, I could really be doing this. So I could really be doing that. And I'm totally missing out on the experience I was having where once I started meditating, that still happened but I was able to become, be a much more aware of it and then say, why am I doing this? Just be in the moment, enjoy what you're doing and kind of let it go.
1: Yeah, which is a thing that as artists we should fucking understand, right? Like we call it like when we're really in it, we're we're like, quote unquote, d- 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 like d- d- doing the work, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we've been in our, like we've been told like that's what we're, we're not doing the work. We're having a great time. We're playing around. We're k- k- connected. We're like trans transferring energy. We're being present and aware with with people. And like, that's when, the work is the most powerful is when we almost don't have control over ourselves and we're just flowing and being and basically fucking vibing man like we're you know we're just we're just doing that and it's like we've been tricked to believe that like doing the fucking work is the thing that makes you grow and is makes you better and makes you successful when it's like if you just enjoy the play and the time and the experience you'll be so much more successful than doing the fucking work all the time Mm -hmm. it's it's such a harsh like doing the work is such a it's like you know it's like a right so for
0: everyone that's not watching I just punch myself in the hand (laughs) Yeah, I it's it's interesting too because I think this is true for so many people outside of just art and, and acting but I think I think the industry is changing a lot where we are as actors allowed to be more mindful because I think there's this and it still exists there's this mentality of like, the, the tortured artist and you have to be tortured. And if if you're not crying during the scene and then after the scene, like so you didn't push yourself hard enough and, and these, these things where uh, I see a, a big divide in the industry between actors who still have that mentality of, it's not, I mean, it's not, I don't wanna say it's method acting because I know method actors who do this and I know them that don't, um, but, kind of really the, the mental health of it, of am I going to allow this to consume me in a way where I can't let go and it's actually affecting my actual psyche and my actual life and my actual being versus having the ability to go, like you're saying, go play, have those experiences, whether it's comedy and light and fluffy or really dark shit. Um, but then once it's over, being able to say, you know, that's how I that's how I felt in the present in that moment. But that moment's over, and now I'm on to the next thing, and I'm okay. Um, yeah, that's
1: really important. Like I, I, I had an acting teacher, one of my first acting teachers. whole Whole thing was like, I was in Hamlet so hard that I needed to, in order to get out of Hamlet, I had. To go to therapy for a year. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was like, I was like, oh, that's fucking it, man. Like, that's fucking acting. And that's what I did in the beginning. I was, you know, just like a fucking psycho person, just like lost in my psychosis on everything that I did. And it wasn't until I discovered other acting techniques to add to my toolbox that I, I, that that's exactly what you were just saying. It's like you totally realize, like it's what we were doing in um, on Monday in the co-op with the improv. Like we just went to really dark places. We went to really light places. We were laughing, we were crying, we were doing all that stuff. And then when it was over, it was just like, so how was that? Was mm-hmm. it cool? Did it work? And that's what it should be. Like it, sh- it should be like, It should be exactly that. Anything that severely damages you, which by the way, that's not what method acting is supposed to be. If the um, last book that Stanislavski wrote that isn't added to the modern method workbooks that we all work, work, work with in America, he fucking says, none of this should be practiced. It's damaging own only do memory of physical action that that works great. everything else is very bad for you but we don't have that here (laughs) um but yeah i mean the the more specifically with acting the more types of things that you can add to your toolbox the better artist and better actor you will be and a much more stabilized human person for you and your loved ones like i love daniel day lewis i think he's fantastic but my wife tells me all the time that if you come home from set as some crazy motherfucker and you go in bed with me like you gotta leave. like i i can't go to bed with with like abraham lincoln and then wake up with you that's not what I want that's that's not my my life and that is a fair thing to say to your partner Mm -hmm. like a lot of actors are like well you don't understand my my process it's like no like you got a partner and they have like their life too and you can't come in there like you know some sort of crazy pirate at night (laughs) <laughs> and wake up in the morning and be like sorry i punched you in the throat i was a pirate last night right like you've got to like work that shit out
0: yeah and i don't i feel like it's interesting because it just sounds whenever i hear stories like that uh, i automatically and i don't know if it's my own bias or what it is i automatically think about how damaging it must be to that person's psyche and what, what they must be going through to require that. Um, And it's, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because so many, so many of the times when you method acting, I think is very much linked to, at least in the way it's presented in, in our media to, you know, suicide overdoses these things because we hear so often when that happens that oh they were doing some role and went over the top and started and couldn't really cope or couldn't come down from it Um, and there was all this baggage and it's I mean it's not it's detrimental to the people around you but it's really detrimental to to yourself um, if you can't turn it turn it off. I mean, there's definitely been times and I don't use any method whatsoever. I'm completely imagination based in my own personal um, acting approach, but there's been times where I've been in scenes and it's just got super heated or super, I just had to go there. And, you know, it took me a little while to just just come down because the emotions were just going. It's not like you can just like automatically stop and be okay. but I was thankful that I had the, the training and the resources to calm myself down and know how to do that and what it looks like, because I think a lot of people don't. Um, sure. Because it's, it's, it's difficult, especially if there's, if you have an individual have mental health issues or, what, or just baggage or, or trauma or whatever it is, um, it's hard not to bring that into the art because we're yes it's imaginary but we're still us we're still doing it we still it's us crying it's us you know having tension it's us doing the things that we're doing even if we're not necessarily emotionally connected as if it was our own experience yeah um and i'm just I'm glad to see much more conversation kind of around the the mental health of actors um, because it is an an important issue
1: One of my last like i i would say like great big a- acting teachers was in grad school and he was Russian and he came at us with a technique that um I won't get into the whole thing because it's because that's not what this is about. But in, in my mind, the way that I took it and the way that I practice it is that it becomes almost like a, um, the only way that I can really describe it is like, it's almost like a spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's um, a belief that kind of goes directly with what i believe acting is for is so basically the whole concept is that every person has will and is going to experience everything that has is and will happen ever and it's your job to just basically tap into the ether of our world to like to to like tap into the I guess energetic sphere or like or or like energetic consciousness and just allow it to enter you flow out of you and then be over with and um there's lots of exercises there's lots of practices there's lots of everything to just kind of I mean we would call it I suppose living in a truly organic way right Mm -hmm. or living in a in like the truest possible truth right um but it's also allowing it to immediately or as quickly as possible get the fuck out of here so that you're not being eaten up by it and it really resonated with me and it really connected with me and it also allowed me to take everything else that i'd learned whether it was method or and bogart or suzuki or meisner or what else did I do? Check off and just like really take the best parts of that and really help me understand the best parts of this and smoosh them all together. And just the idea that you're allowing some sort of other energy into you to express itself through you just was very um, attractive to me, I suppose. Uh, I like that idea that you are you are one with this and it is one with you and you are sharing it with everybody else. It made me feel like, I don't know, it was important.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it just sounds very mindful and in, in general. And yeah, it's interesting because I don't know, right. I never, I never know. Cause I've been just, I've had a mindfulness practice for so long and it, it's hard to tell like what, what, Part of me influenced by mindfulness practice versus what has parts of me has my mindfulness practice influenced. Sure. Um, but yeah, I find that, and I don't mind staying on the, the the acting technique stuff because I think there's a lot of parallels to mindfulness practice. But I think again, what gets me going as an actor is the the empathy. I love just. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a very big believer um, and I had an acting coach talk about this once that as humans, we are all, and this is scary for a lot of people when I say it, we are capable of everything that is possible. We are capable of the, the, the biggest good and the, the biggest evils are in, within all of us. And it no. just is depending on, our conditioning, what um, experiences we have, how much we're forced to do and what kind of things we experience. Um, and I, I think as, as an actor, I, I try to bring that into whatever I'm doing. And I don't like bringing you know, my own experiences or, or things in it. Um, because I feel, at least for me, it it makes it hard to stay present and stay in the moment with what I'm doing. If I'm having to think about something from my life, I always felt whenever I tried to do that, I felt like, oh, I'm in the scene. And now all of a sudden I'm out thinking about this thing so I can cry. Um, And that was just for me. Um, But I think whenever I talk to other actors or just artists in general, One, everyone's different, so different things work for different people, but I feel like the overarching theme is that people are seeking a way that works for them to be more playful and be more in the moment and not have these distracting thoughts or these things distracting them, um, which is very difficult for an actor because especially for a film actor, when you are thinking about you're not just in the scene you're thinking about the camera and you're thinking about the direction you just got and you're thinking oh my my light and oh am i too did i just hit the boom mic or like you know you're thinking of of so many different things um which i mean it's that's life like that's how life is you're never just really doing one thing you're always kind of multitasking what's in your surroundings where where you're going what's happening um and I think it's about learning this,
1: you know, yeah,
0: it's learning about how to be present with all of it um, at once or picking and choosing what you don't need to be present for so you can be present with what's important. Um, Cause that happens too as an actor where it's like, okay, there's 10 things I can't possibly focus on all this. These are the three things that are the most important thing for me to focus on. I'm just gonna do those. And if stuff needs to be adjusted based on that, then we adjust. Um, but, cause I see that a lot too with actors and with everyone it, it's that you get there's, you, you realize that there's all these things you have to be focusing on and it becomes so overwhelming that you can't focus on anything. Right. Um, so.
1: One of the things that I learned how to do, and it's pretty recent, I would say in the past six or seven years, um, is I tried to figure out like the really high level successful actors. And this is probably gonna like move move away from mindfulness for a moment and like kind of into like business practices or whatever. Um, but maybe not because it's kind of the same thing because it is a practice. Is, so anyway here, so um, um, on, So it's kind of like parallels with you being the best business person that you can be for your career is if you look at what entrepreneurs do every day, and it's a lot of small innocuous tasks, quote unquote, that you do over and over and over and over and over again until they become part of your person as just routine. So it's like becoming a master of your craft, you know, like the like 10,000 the 10, hours and then you're a master. So it's kind of like that too. Like we've got one part of our thing, but you can build and build and build on the things that you have to make you even better and better and better. So like, it's why I'm always talking about like I'm practicing this by myself or I'm doing this by, by myself. And it, and it was a big part of this acting tech technique too where it was it, it was like the equivalent of like a musician playing their scales which is you know this is what you need to know like it's in the back of your head constantly and it will inform everything else that you do. So what else can you make like like that in your life and that can be mindfulness that, can be like how to hit your mark. It can be how to be in your light. It can be how to be in your shot. It can be, where's the boom. It can be, what is this direction? It's, it's just like doing the same things that can be annoying as hell after a while, but doing them until they become like breathing or blinking or sleeping, like these like autonomic exercises or these these autonomic functions that we do in our bodies when they become so part of your life and most other people don't do them that's what makes you that's what makes you successful and and the reason that people don't do it and the reason that people don't do mindfulness is cuz it's fucking hard and it's annoying as fuck and you don't want to do those things but you got to do those things in order to get what you want with anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think the key to that though is keeping that beginner's mind that we were talking about and Perfect. also the curiosity to want to improve, right? Because I think the the problem that I see with a lot of people is they want to get to a habit so they don't have to think about something right and it's so and the question I always have is well what's what was your foundation for creating the habit because if you're if your goal for creating the habit is just I don't want to really have to even I just want to be able to go on autopilot so I can zone out because I don't like what I'm doing normally people get sloppy. There's not a strong foundation because there wasn't the the mindful care in establishing the the ritual and the the patterns needed to form that. Um, And I think the people like how you're expressing, when you have true curiosity and you want to keep building on top of each other, there's the desire for the habits you have to be positive habits and to be well-formed habits, um, that are going to truly support the, the growth. Um,
1: well, it's really interesting that you use the word ritual, right? Because that's exactly, exactly what it should be. It's when you are doing that, when, when it's ritualistic, it's so much more important. And it's so much more like, it gets into sp- in in to spirituality and things of that nature, but there's a whole level of importance there that it's like this is what I'm doing rich rich uh, ritual ritualistically as opposed to this is a habit that I want to form mm-hmm. so I don't have to think about it. You know, one is extremely mindful and the other is I don't want to say lazy but kind of right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so lazy, I'll just fucking say it, it's lazy. <laughs> and it's not that you have to treat it as the type of thing, like it's not like religion based, but it's just that, that yeah, like the curiosity and the questioning and the, it's, it's really the, the importance of the practice, which is I guess what we've been talking about the whole time, right? Yeah. Is what does it mean to you what does this thing, what is this thing gonna translate into for you later on? And what does that mean, right? Am I just kind Mm of talking in a circle, but yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Uh, you're not talking in a circle at all. And I think that's why, uh, I think as, as humans, as human beings, we often, I mean, we do tons of things subconsciously that we're not aware of through, that have been developed through habits. And I think on the the other side of it is one of the things I loved about uh, Zen practice was things like when we would do tea ceremonies and, you know, eating together um, and you would bring this intense mindfulness to the way you, and received and drank tea for just one example and it it just it's such a different experience to like realize all the steps and all the things we do um and all the things we miss because we allow ourselves to kind of go on autopilot which i mean it's i mean we have to to survive like you can't possibly be aware of every single thing you're doing Um, but it's an interesting I've at least found it to be an interesting experience when you things that have been mundane your whole life um, you bring an acute awareness to and experience it in in a very new way it's very enlightening um, for me I mean I, I don't know if you've had any like experience like that in the in your meditation practice um since it's so new um i mean are you are you finding specific things that it's affecting in your daily life
1: yeah there was one thing specifically that happened recently and it was just it was about honestly it was about a person in my life that I didn't realize was uh, making it much more toxic it was extremely toxifying and I didn't realize what it was doing to me um, and one of the things that meditation does is that which I liked and was also kind of scary at first was that all of the things that I am constantly keeping under the lid using um, cognitive behavioral therapy practices it all just kind of like floats up and I've got a look at it deal with it and i have to make a choice about what i'm gonna do about it (laughs) um so it was just a person that kept it was like they were invading my time right and i didn't understand like it was the first time that this had happened in this type of practice and i kept trying to be like you know let's what the fuck like this is my special, special time with me and my mat. And, you know, I just need to chill. But when I stopped trying to push it away and it came in and I used the time to like, well, what the, what the fuck, what the fuck is this? Like, why is this bothering me now when I'm, when it's not supposed to, it really brought me to some really positive conclusions. And I came out of it and I made a bunch of changes and it has been, honestly, I didn't realize just looking at what they were putting on the internet was subconsciously making me insane. And I didn't realize that that was happening. And I was doing this thing where I was like, I have known this person for a long time. This is the type of person that they are. And I just have to accept them for who they are, you know, trying, trying to be a, you know, like a positive person and be accepting of all people, And doing this mindfulness practice made me realize that I don't need this fucking shit. Nobody does in fact, and I don't need to give it air anymore because I need to be a quote unquote good person. I need to do what's best for me and my family over how this person I feel should feel like they are also accepted in the world. So that was really cool. And, um, Normally, that would have taken me weeks of trying to, because I do like every, like I like process what's happened in the week in my head using all of my other type of things that I have and using just what I learned in therapy, it would have taken me a longer time because I noticed that I was stuttering more. And that's a huge sign for me that there's something wrong in my self. So when that starts happening, I begin to like analyze using my like an analytical brain, but the meditation thing just literally just like popped it right up. It was like, here it is. And I was like, oh boy, I love this shit. And that's what happened. And that was great.
0: Yeah, it, I think it's, it's interesting because Uh, a lot of the people I talk to, and I don't know if it's just that uh, people pleasers and people who really want to be of service to others um, are drawn to to meditation. Um, But one of the common things I hear and I definitely experienced myself is when when you're the type of person who is kind of people pleaser and, and really puts a lot of focus on wanting to be of service for others, the first thing that kind of gets neglected is ourselves. Um, and yeah. within mindfulness practices, I think it it shows how taking care of yourself is such a requirement to being able to be of service to others. Absolutely, um, And yeah. it, it's interesting about kind of cutting people out who are, are toxic or are Um, just not good for our own mental or emotional health. I remember this was maybe like five years ago, four or five years ago, uh, my first podcast, Civil Discourse, I had a guest on who was a uh, drug addiction advocate and whose uh, son was a struggling addict for decades. And one of the things she said that, really stuck with me was she talked about the the journey of her own realization that at one point she just had to let her son do what he was gonna do. Mm -hmm. And if it meant it was gonna kill him, she just had to stop trying to control the situation because she felt like she was just constantly making it worse and destroying the rest of the family and destroying herself. And as soon as she was able to get to the point where she just said, what's going to happen, happen, you have to figure it out for yourself. I can't be the person who fixes you. Um, Things became a lot easier for everyone involved. Um, And that's not to say that if someone's struggling with addiction, it means you just automatically don't try to help her or whatever. It's just her experience. But I think a lot of the time that's a very hard, then that's an extreme situation. But I mean, yeah, we have to just, we have to take care of ourselves and we can't uh, always allow ourselves to be abused because we're trying to help someone else or we feel like someone else needs us um
1: right and especially with that like like with addiction it's a whole other thing and it largely it absolutely has nothing to do with with the person who's trying to help right like a, a person that wants to get that 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 wants to get sober it's their decision that they make however they come to it on their own and it largely has nothing to do with how the people that they love feel or how it affects them so i mean that's a very um important thing with with that and also with yeah man it's a very important life thing too like just knowing that most people are going to do what they do because they want to do it and um you can be as mindful of other people or of um situations or of what's happening in the world as you want and there's just going to be people that just don't give a fuck about anybody else or they're not educated about the things that you are or other people are and they just don't want to or they don't care and they just spew forth bile bullshit and that's just what they do and mm-hmm. that's their that's that's their truth and for, for right now at least, or maybe forever. And you can either, you know, go crazy and like beat your head against the wall, which I did for a long time, help, trying to help them. Um, but like, or you just walk away. That's a very, I'm, I'm happy that you spoke to that person because I mean, it's a lesson that I learned all the time i'm like obviously i'm still learning it because it it just fucking happened so um yeah i mean people need need to hear that as many times as they can and yeah cool man that's awesome that you spoke to that person it's great
0: yeah and i think for me the thing that was really helpful and i don't know because i was i was very much a, a you know a fixer when i was younger, um, in my teens, in in my 20s, um, I just, you know, I I sought out people who were damaged and thought, like, I can be, I can save them, I can fix them. Um, And somewhere along the way, I realized, like, no, you don't, like, force, trying to force someone to do something is never, is almost never productive. What right. I find productive is, you know, be the example uh, of thriving. You know, right. I do it in my mindfulness practice and as long as I can live, you know, mindfully and and share that, then it's up to the individual to see that and say, oh, you know, how, how do you do that? Tell me more about it or, whatever, or I need help, can you help me? And I'm there for them. Um, But it's not my job to force them to feel a certain way or think a certain way or, or be a a certain way. Um, And that was very freeing um, and scary at the same time, because it forces you to, I think a lot of it was, yeah, me not wanting to kind of Look at myself, so I would put so much energy on everybody else, Um, but at the end of it, I I I found it very freeing. Cool. That's great. Yeah. So we're now over an hour. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long your show is. (laughs) uh, Did you have any, I guess, parting wisdom um, for anyone who is out there contemplating starting a meditation practice for the first time?
1: Yeah, I would just say, don't be like me and (laughs) and give it a shot. Uh, I'm pissed that I waited as long as I did. And I know that's not very mindful or whatever, Um, but like, I would have loved to have began this many years ago. Um, And I know Heinz, heights always 2020 But just don't wait. Like, don't make excuses about why you don't deserve it or why it's not important for you. Or, you know, you have the time. Everybody has the time to literally just lay on the floor or be in a chair. You can do it for 10 fucking minutes. Like, it's not like a lot. You don't have to do it for a large, large amount of time. And there's like head space. There's a lot of free shit. And if you like it, you can pay more. And, do more shit, or you may not like it at all. But you'll know, and that's and knowing is half the battle. Am I right? That's 90s right, nineties kids. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and there's just like I mean, there's so many resources. Like you can really, there is something literally for every way of thinking and every way of being to right. to find a, a mindfulness practice at. I mean, vocation does matter to a point, but there's, in most major cities in the US, there are Buddhist temples that really just focus on meditation and it's not about prescribing to a specific religion. There's people of all religion going and they're free or just donation-based, what what you can, what you wanna give, um, all the way up to, I mean, If you want to spend thousands of dollars and go on a retreat and do a thing, you can do that too. It's all kind of what you want out of it.
1: I would say that no matter what it is, whether it's meditating or like any other type of mindfulness practice, just carving a little bit of time out of every single one of your days to just do something for you, no matter what it is, whether you like to cook for yourself or you like to read a book or you just go for a walk or you go sit in a park, whatever the fuck it is that you do, like you're allowed to do that shit for yourself and you should do that shit for yourself because no one else is gonna do it for you, babes. It's all you,
0: yeah. It's so true. I love, I love editing on that. Uh, Yeah, well, thank you for joining me. Um, Yeah, I'm really jazzed now. That was a really great convo. Yeah, this was,
1: <laughs> this is not what I expected this to be at all. And um, thanks for having me and for hearing part of my story and for having this cool conversation with me. It was great. Yeah,
0: thank you. And uh, we will see everybody or you will hear us uh, next time. Thank you. Bye bye.